Welcome into my podcast with Mark Saxon, Baseball Insiders, and I have to tell you about the Doctors of Blue Tail Medical Group, some of the nation's top experts in the fields of sports medicine, stem cell regenerative therapies. Now, when people hear about sports medicine, they think the DL, that's the disabled list, or surgery, that's right, surgery to replace joints so that they can't throw a football or a baseball for six months. It's going to make them stay out of sports for a year or doing something you enjoy for a year. Well, Blue Tail Medical Group can be a great alternative to orthopedic surgery. Doctors Bayes, Crane, Wolf are experts in stem cell regenerative therapy. Doctors from all over the country travel to Chesterfield Valley to learn how they do it. So whether you're a high school athlete, a veteran, or your joints have been worn by age, arthritis, or old injuries, your body still has the ability to heal itself. Let the doctors at Blue Tail Medical Group show you how. Schedule an appointment today, 636-778-2900, 636-778-2900. Visit them at bluetailmedicalgroup.com. Hey, a reminder here on scoopswithdannymac.com, we have podcast every single day. Might be with Martin Kilcoin, Charlie Marlowe, Chris Raby, and writing daily is our good friend Bernie Miklas, so don't miss his bits. You can sign up on the website. It is free. It'll get delivered to your inbox, so just put in your email. It's free, delivered right to your inbox. And we also had on Fox 2 our first ever uh, Scoops with Danny Mac television show, and that is also on the website. Just click on it. It plays, and our guest included Bernie Federko, Chris Pronger, and Bernie Miklas, and that was a preview of the upcoming blue season, and they'll drop the puck tomorrow. So I hope you enjoy that, and I hope you'll enjoy our visit with Mark Saxon. Well, there was some big news concerning the Major League Baseball owners and Major League Baseball players yesterday. It looks like we will have spring training, at least for the time being, starting on time, and 162 games. A memo sent by the commissioner, Rob Manfred, to say, Hey, let's go. Let's play 162. Prepare as if we're starting spring training on time. Let's bring in our baseball insider, and that is Mark Saxon, who covers the St. Louis Cardinals. Hey, Mark, always great to hear your voice. How are things going? Fantastic, Danny. Good to be with you, my friend. And uh, that was, you know, exciting news. It, it seemed maybe like just a tad premature. We'll have to see how the rollout happens in, in terms of the vaccine and, and, and everything like that. But just the notion that you know, a month from now or so, players could be congregating and getting ready to compete. That's amazing, right? I, I think it is. And, you know, John Mosellock was saying that this is a big week for baseball in terms of you've got some uh, arbitration cases that you're going to figure out, make sure that, you know, you, you get those guys signed officially and you get the terms. But if you're starting to prepare to get not only the players, and I, I think that's what we have to remember here. It's not only the players, but you're talking about a full medical team. You're talking about a coaching staff. You're talking about a manager. You're talking about a front office. You're talking about a lot of people that are behind the scenes with these individual teams down to Florida or wherever you're at and relocating essentially your business. You've got five weeks to do it. So you're talking about living quarters and oh, by the way, there's a pandemic. So, you know, you're almost trying to set up a pseudo bubble if you can. This is very tough to do. So if you're going to do it, time is of the essence. And I'm sure that's what Major League Baseball is feeling right now, the pressure to get this thing done. And it's, it's, it's time to do it. I mean, you got to start making these decisions right now. 
Right. And it's, it's kind of on the individual teams to get it done. Right. It's kind of like what we saw, you know, during the pandemic last season of trying to field teams and keep them healthy and keep them from being exposed. Um, you don't want to be the team that kind of slows the whole league. Right. Um, what I find kind of interesting, it, it does appear as if the minor league season will be delayed. For sure. So so do we end up seeing, you know, instead of 60 guys initially in camp, do, do we end up seeing, you know, 35, you know, because let's say you make cuts, where do the guys go if there's no minor league side of camp? So there, there's a little bit of an issue there, but I, I think, you know, maybe just do it with a slightly different model. But again, the key is preparing you know, the 20, whatever the roster size is, 28, 26 guys for the season. And the fact that they're going to be going forward and doing that now, I I think is good. And I think for a team like the Cardinals, who are pretty meticulous about their planning for spring training, and I think do run a good camp, um, it's really important news to keep it as close to normal as possible. It was interesting in the LA Times this morning, in the memo, the league said teams could decide whether to require proof of vaccination, a negative COVID-19 test, and or temperature checks, but that Major League Baseball did not, let me emphasize that, did not intend to mandate any of those steps concerning fans coming through the turnstile. So uh, that's going to be very, very interesting as we edge closer towards opening day and if fans are con- you know, wondering what are the concerns about bringing fans into the ballpark and if and when we'll have fans in the ballpark. Yeah, it's fascinating because it's sort of like, in, in this happened last year to some extent too, it's like these teams are sort of um, harbingers of what we can expect in our own lives. So, you Good know. Point. Will That's em- a great point, yes. Right, right. Will employers require that? Will, pe- will schools require it to send your kids to school, the, the vaccination records, et cetera? How is this going to kind of be um, handled? And e- even what are some of the legal sort of aspects of this? So, it's really interesting, and I've been wondering, you know, are they going to require players? Will they work something out where players and the Players Association would go along with this where they would have to show vaccination? But the fact that they're not, I think, gives us a clue that they're not worried about the threshold being met um, and that the, it sounds like what they're hearing from the Players Association is maybe that it's not going to be a problem, that they'll maybe handle players getting on board with the vaccination. But you're right. It's it's really interesting just as a society. And when these groups like Major League Baseball have to go back a little earlier than other entities, it's interesting to see how they handle it. And it tells us maybe what's going to be coming in our own lives. Our baseball insider, Mark Saxon, is our guest. Mark, I, I know you've been doing this a long time. You're connected in a lot of different areas, whether it's with the Cardinals or Major League Baseball. Do you think baseball goes forward with this decision if they don't have some kind of information from the government, meaning that they feel pretty confident that the vaccination is going to start getting rolled out and rolled out in a big way, meaning maybe not tomorrow or next week. And we're seeing it rolled out, right? I mean, we're seeing it being rolled out a little bit here and there, and we hear about it every night on the the news or you read about it. But let's say in, uh, I'm going to throw an arbitrary date, late March, early April, we're seeing hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people getting vaccinated, and they feel very comfortable then in what they're hearing from the government. We may not be hearing it in the general public, but they're having conversations privately that they feel comfortable in making this decision. Do you, do you get that in, that that feeling, that indication? Yeah, I absolutely do. And it's it, as I'm listening to you talk, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about how 
you know, when, when they talk about spring training and people get start to feel so good when you think about that, right? Because it's you're thinking about them going to warm fields and it's still cold here. It's kind of like that. It's like this glimmer of hope and and warmth that we're kind of emerging from this thing. And so if you look at powerful entities, you know, like Major League Baseball, and, and I can guarantee they're working with somebody at the CDC or elsewhere to get this information, the fact that they feel good about that is certainly encouraging now. Could something go wrong and, and could we take a step back? Probably, but again, the indications are good. And that's really exciting because I don't think anybody wants to see a season, you know, another season seriously curtailed by this thing. And in even 140 games, it doesn't have the same kind of structural integrity as 162. So just the notion that you could get that many games in and and feel good about the entirety of it, that's that's amazing. And I think people should be really excited about that. And even if they're not totally thrilled with the Cardinals' lack of action this winter, you know, they're going to be competing and they're going to be have a chance and it's going to be, you know, like kind of back to normal. And I think that's really, really fun and, and good to think about. I got to wonder, with this domino down now, with the idea that, hey, we're saying we're going full steam ahead, we're going to have baseball, we're going to have spring training, it's going to start on time, we're going to play 162 if this truly now is the green light that owners and front offices needed to say, uh-oh, we got we to gotta get our team ready. Okay, let's start free agency. <laughs> if this is finally it and say, okay, this is not the wake-up call because that's kind of a lack of a better term, but this is now, this is, the, this is go time. We, we got to start filling some holes and some needs on our rosters. Yeah, and you even see some of the guys who are free agents out there kind of going on Twitter and going, whoa, you know, Liam Hendricks signed. You know, does that sort of open up the, the floodgates for, for relievers? Or, um, you know, I think once Real Muto signs, maybe that, you know, sets sets the uh, bar for, for catchers. And so, yeah, each, each, I think, position group or type of player is kind of his own market, but it absolutely should because that's what they've been saying, right? If you, if you say... We don't know when spring training is going to start. We don't know what the gate's going to look like. Well, you're starting to get those answers. So you, you your excuses are sort of peeling away, right? If if your team needs to get better and there's opportunities to do it, you don't have any excuses now. We know that revenues were down last season, but it sounds like they can project, you know, better revenues this season. So you would hope that would jumpstart the entire league, and I think it will to some extent. But I do think you're going to have a lot of owners still kind of hiding behind um, what happened last year and talking about, you know, projecting and still having some trepidation of getting in those waters. But other teams, yeah, I do think you're going to jump in and we'll see some action. And that that alone is kind of fun to see where these guys end up. So, again, that that's another good sign uh, going forward. The Hendricks contract caught my attention. And it, it shows it shows, I think, some people that, well, maybe some owners do have the money to spend. What did you think? Yeah, I thought so too. I thought it was cleverly sort of structured. Um, I thought it was a good deal for him. I mean, when you think about, you know, relievers really aren't paid what they were because the, the notion of, you know, a guy can come in and pitch one inning isn't as valued as it was maybe when, you know, Tony LaRusso was starting that. But um, it was a good deal for him, and I think that's what people are looking for. They're looking for guys who are maybe not, you know, the, the very, um, you know, most desirable uh, targets. It's the, it's the next level of guys getting these, these good deals, and that, that tells you it's a, a healthy market. And, again, that was a sign of that. 
Um, I thought I thought that Schwarber's deal was pretty good with the Nationals, and I think that bodes well for Jock Peterson and those guys. So, yeah, I do think you're seeing a little more vibrancy um, in the market for a few of these position players and and pitchers than maybe we thought initially. As the the days go by, you mentioned Real Muto. I got to wonder if all signs are still pointing towards. Yachty and Wayno, you know if I have you on, I got to ask you this because fans are curious about it. I'm curious about it. I just, I still continue to look at all signs pointing back to St. Louis. Maybe I'm, uh, it's the homer in me, but I, I still think that those signs still point back here. I think so too, just because we haven't, there hasn't been a lot of um, smoke with regard to yes. either guy, really, lately. And that tells you that maybe. You know, the interest from outside teams isn't quite as robust as, as what they were hoping. Um, so that could drive them into the arms of the Cardinals. And it's pretty obvious that that's kind of been the Cardinals' M.O. They're, they don't feel like this is a season where they can pay those guys premiums for being franchise icons or the kind of premiums that maybe they would have in previous seasons. So they're hoping the market kind of drives them back into their price range. And certainly with Yachty, you would expect, Expect that to happen. I, I think there's a little bit more mystery with Wayno still, um, and I, and I still think it's a long shot for Colton Wong to return just because of the, you know, he would have to take a serious serious pay cut off of what that that option was like. But yeah, if if you were to rank those guys, I would say Yachty is by far the most likely to return, at least the way I see it. So many people have come up to me and said, "Man, how about Cohen in New York? How about getting Lindor?" There's a couple of ways I look at the deal. I said, you're, I said, first of all, yeah, you're right. Lindor is an incredible player. He's great. He's, he's smiling. He's great. He's, he's perfect for baseball. I love him. I, he's a personality. I, I think he could be a face of, of baseball in a big market. So, yes, on its surface, it's awesome. He's a great player. But don't overlook Carrasco because he's a really good pitcher, comeback player of the year. Um, but the second part of this, and I don't know if you agree with me, Mark, is while you have a, an owner that's got huge deep pockets, and we know that, and that's been well documented, I don't think it's good for baseball. And I mean that because when you have a young shortstop and a cornerstone player and he's leaving Cleveland, and he shouldn't be, and now you look at what the Indians have given up now in the last, oh, I guess two years, when you have Trevor Bauer, who wins a Cy Young, you got Clevenger, who should not be leaving. Now, there could be some mitigating circumstances with that, with what happened this past summer, but on its surface, a very good pitcher. Um, you've got now Lindor, you've got Carrasco. Those kind of players should not be leaving all of them in that market. Now, if they're bad apples, that's one thing, but these are good players, especially Lindor, and that tells me maybe the system is broken. You don't want those young players to be leaving those franchises, and it just it tells you the players are not partners with the owners. The owners are not partners with the players. And maybe the system is broken. And a year from now, I, I shudder to think where we're at in a CBA. I hope it gets done. But it does, it does ask the question, will the system get fixed? Yeah, I think that's right. I think if a franchise does it here and there, you know, like loses, you know, their face of the franchise, like let's say happened here with Albert Pujols, it's one thing if, if there's a, an effort made to retain that player. But when teams build up and then completely strip down every few years, as Cleveland is doing, and, and Cleveland's going to field, I think, a payroll somewhere in the 40s in terms of, you know, something like $45 million or something. That's pretty absurd when yes. you think about teams spending 275. That's just not that that's not 
you know, they're not playing in the same pool. They're not playing the same game. And that's my point. That's right. Yeah. And that isn't healthy either. So, you know, we've seen that happen in the past that if the funny thing is, if you go back and look way back in baseball history, that that's how it was. You know, these owners would cry poor every once in a while. They would sell players to other teams. You know, we saw that happen even with Babe Ruth. But it's definitely not a sign of, of, of a good, vibrant, competitive industry when that's happening. And Cleveland being kind of one of those bedrock teams, you know, an old a team that's been around for a long, long time, it's, it's kind of sad to see. Um, and you, you don't want to have major league teams that are becoming farm systems for the rest of the team because they have farm systems and that, that's not necessary. So I agree with you in that respect. Um, and also, let's remember from the Mets standpoint, how many times have we seen an owner with a ton of money come in and want to be a big celebrity in his market and make this big splash? We'll see how it works out. And I, I actually like a lot of the moves the Mets have made. I'm not saying it won't work out, but we've also seen the team. You don't win the World Series in January. I think that's the thing to keep in mind. No doubt. I'll wrap it up with this. The winter warm-up is this weekend, and if you would like to do a virtual uh, meet-and-greet, um, Mark, I'd be happy to set one up with you, or if you want to do a QA, and uh, you just let me know, and I'll set it up, and we'll we'll set it up with the fans, and we can do an exclusive Mark Saxon Q&A on the winter warm-up. Just let me know. What, what are they, they going to charge for that ticket, Danny? Uh, you'll actually be paying them. Okay. That's what I, that's what I figured. I, I got 20 bucks. Will that do it? Hey, we, we take any donations. Any donations okay. help. Hey, Mark. Hey, thanks so much, buddy. Appreciate it. Always great insight, and uh, we'll catch up soon. All right, Daddy. Good talking with you. You got it. That's uh, Mark Saxon, our baseball insider.